Hi everyone, Jared here. I just want to let you know I had the option of editing some stuff out during this episode, but I thought it was important that you guys hear my raw feelings in the moment. So let's go and thank you for listening. Bye bye. Welcome back to the Always Love Yours podcast. I'm Jared. This is a podcast where two people in their late 20s collaborate and give their differing perspectives about all aspects of life, whether it's about relationships, mental health, adulting, memes, and how we view the world. We are here to bring our real world conversations to a podcast near you, while also promoting the idea of always loving yours. Yep. Um, So, what's going on? Well, I think this podcast, no, I know this podcast is going to be a little different from our usual structure. Um, Go back to previous podcasts and hopefully future podcasts to see the usual structure. But today, we're going to talk about something very important at this current time. Mm -hmm. Very, very important. So, Right now, it's June 2020, and a lot is happening in the world. Yeah. We have the pandemic. Coronavirus. <laughs> happening since March, and I think that's kind of going down a little bit more. And now, right now, in Los Angeles, there are a ton of protests um, going on throughout every city. Yep. And actually, me and Jared yesterday had the privilege of going to our first protest ever. Yeah. Um, And yeah, so we just kind of wanted to talk about our experiences and our thoughts about this, but also kind of open up a platform and open discussion about what's going on in the world. Yes. And um, you can email us at alwayslovyourspodcast. Podcast, uh, lo- not podcast. <laughs> Yours with the Z. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Yeah, at gmail.com. Always love yours. Podcast, yours with the Z at gmail.com. I appreciate that laugh. I needed it. <laughs> you know, I don't know how many laughs we're going to have today, but we're going to talk about some real stuff. Um, yeah, and we also have an Instagram. This is all over the place, but yeah. we do also have an Instagram. Always love yours. Podcast, yours with the Z. So if you guys want to continue the conversation over there, we're more than willing to hear everybody's perspectives on it perfect awesome okay so we went to some protests yesterday today's the 6th of june saturday yesterday on friday after work we um went to a protest yeah and what did we what are we protesting we're we're protesting the injustice and the inequality in this world unfortunately that is Um, going on right now we're protesting racism we're protesting the killings of innocent unarmed black people men and women and we're trying to get our voices heard because honestly we're fed up and yeah we fed up i'm sick and tired of being sick sick and tired. tired um so this whole movement in case like if we have people who aren't from america or who are from different countries um on may 25th 2020 George Floyd, a 46-year-old black man, died in Minneapolis, Minnesota, after Derek Chauvin, that's Chauvin? Yeah, Chauvin, one of those, (laughs) whatever, who cares. A white police officer knelt on his neck for about almost nine minutes while he was lying face down, handcuffed on the street. Um, There are three other officers that are with him as well that didn't do much. One of them actually tried to also restrain him and this was all over counterfeit twenty dollars reported by a a store a store owner yeah supposedly um george floyd was using a counterfeit but to buy some cigarettes yeah um and it is important to note that the cop his wife wrote a bad check worth 40 something dollars <laughs> and it bounced and absolutely nothing happened because of that yeah um and floyd who was like being arrested on the suspicion of using counterfeit money um basically begged for his life and was telling officers you know i can't breathe um and also was asking for his mom and during the final three minutes floyd was motionless and had no pulse and people watched this you know the only reason why the whole world knows about it is because people actually went to video and showed everybody in the world and onlookers tried to like 
plead with the officers to let him go and um he just he, kept going and he, he kept, kept putting kept his knee him, on his neck and until the the ambulance came and then yeah i mean they there tried to to get him back alive but it was yeah yeah and there's like video and pictures all over there were um security cameras yeah everything was you know being seen from multiple angles and it's gone viral yeah and so also these officers were not you know charged right away and so that create a lot of anger in a lot of people because it's like what the hell like mm-hmm. he killed they killed this person that was unarmed and so demonstrations and protests against police brutality has been you know growing s- growing and spread through everything and every country in the state every every city every country every state in the country yeah. <laughs> had a protest about this and the they were not convicted yeah until these things happened for multiple days yeah. and basically they're trying to uh, show light to the fact that you know police officers use excessive force and they lack a lot of accountability when it comes to you know what they do and um, exactly and it's really important to note that you know every uh, the, the um, cities have given curfews which hasn't really happened in a long time yeah. and it, ne- it didn't really happen during the coronavirus but we didn't have curfews yeah especially when it started but because of these protests, we had curfews. And the reason why we had curfews is because um, some people who were opportunists were trying to use this opportunity for the protests to actually riot and loot and steal stuff and destroy po- property and everything like that. But, um, you know, that's besides the point. The issue here is that black people are being killed. Innocent black people are being killed. Yeah. And, you know, it's different because they treat other people who have like murdered thousands of people different than like if let's say they're different race or whatever exactly different than black people like and it's it's the thing is it's being treated different you know what i mean we are a minority and we're going to jail more we're be, we're being pulled over because we look like we fit the the uh, description you know they literally can harass us for little to no reason Mm-hmm. And it's very annoying, to say the least, when you're living in your home and you're treated like this consistently every single day, no matter where you go. I could change the car that I drive, but I can't change the skin that I walk in. And it's so dangerous to walk in this skin. I see, I seem and I am the country's uh, most uh, uh, destructive weapon of mass destruction. Just a black man, black person. And they're so scared of us that they feel the need to use lethal force when they chose this job. And it's not like we're like out here killing a lot of cops like this. This is just consistent killing of us. And it's so it's so frustrating. And people are trying to protest to have it stop. They want to say, hey, this is what we see. We stop it. So stop it. And we want to say that our lives matter, which means black lives matter. And, you know, that Black Lives Matter thing went out. I have a question for you, Krista. Does my life matter? Well, duh. And if nobody, if you don't know Jared or have seen a picture of him, he is African-American. <laughs> no, yeah. George Floyd is African-American. Yeah. Um, so it, it's I've definitely seen Jared go through it this past few days. And, you know, the curfew happened and everything happened. But, you know, with all these protests, we were able to get them charged, all four officers. And now... We have to continue to protest to get them actually convicted. It's one thing to be charged, but it's another to actually get convicted for their crimes. And many, many policemen who have been killing Most. innocent, um, innocent black people have not even been charged or convicted, which is super, super alarming. Yep. I mean, that brings us to Breonna Taylor. Um, yeah, so in March 13, 2020, uh, Brianna Taylor was with her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, in their home. In their home, okay? <laughs> and police actually um, were investigating some type of, like, drug selling something, and they believed that it was part of, like, the all that, like, activity and stuff was in happening in their home. And so um, 
a warrant was signed called a no-knock search warrant where they can where police can technically could just like walk in and they don't even have to announce themselves they don't have to knock or anything and um basically they were just investigating a suspected drug dealer and but th- that means that they're literally not even knocking on the door they're coming in busting in with guns and apparently in america this is legal to do and happens all a lot of time with black people so i think this is one thing we need to say the system is really killing us yeah and the system that they've created because they're so scared yeah and so the suspected drug dealer um, was allegedly seen like walking into Brianna Taylor's apartment in January with a package and you know before leaving um, and then he, I guess apparently that person drove to a drug house and um, you know that information happened and so they they put a no-knock search warrant um, and then so on the night like after midnight on March 13 2020 uh, Louisville police, supposedly allegedly announced themselves while entering the house and then they were knocking a couple times and actually introducing themselves but neighbors and you know the family of brianna taylor say that this did not happen that there was no announcement and of course if someone's knocking or if someone's trying to break into your house you're going to be scared right and so brianna taylor's boyfriend grabbed his gun that is he you know owned Legally. Which is legally, legal to own, and you know the people that tote guns, and uh, what is it, the NRA? They don't care about this. They, 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 they don't. It's, you know, he legally owned it. They don't care. Yeah. So, um, Brianna Taylor's boyfriend grabbed the gun for self-defense and started shooting, and Brianna Taylor was kept saying like, "Who is this? Who's coming in?" But nobody answered, and so the police started sh- shooting like around 20 or more rounds and they were hitting everything um and then unfortunately brianna taylor was shot in at least like eight times and pro- pronounced dead at the scene there's no drugs that were found in the apartment and according to uh some sources um the police officer just just fired blindly like they didn't weren't even like you know looking to see what was going on they were just shooting yep it says here on the wikipedia i would recommend everybody get their self, themselves um educated it says here that louisville police entered the apartment of brianna taylor and kenneth walker using a battering ram to force open the door so this sounds like some video game shit <laughs> um and they they believe people were selling drugs so they decided to go in, and from what I've heard, stories I've heard, she was on her bed, in her bed, sleeping. Yeah, and why would you if why would you do it at night? Well, they think they're going to catch them by surprise so they can kill them. I guess, but it's like, it's just, I just, I think Brianna Taylor's story hurts me the most because she was not doing anything. She was sleeping at home. And also, nobody's been convicted. Yeah. No police officer has been convicted. It's um, June... Sixth, and no police officer is being arrested, is being investigated, nothing. It's just an active thing that happens, and she deserved it, is what basically people are saying. Yeah, and yesterday was actually, uh, June 5th was actually her birthday. She would have been 27. Which is our age. Yeah, and so a lot, at the protests, a lot of people were, um, you know, saying happy birthday. Some people, Someone brought balloons, was super cool. Um, we are chanting a lot of say their names. But before I get into that, um, I wanted to ask you, Jared, how did you feel before we went to the protest? And what did you expect going into the protest? Um, I've never been to a protest in my life, you know? Um, Me neither. <laughs> but I saw people going for many days before, and I was like, you know what? Let's go. Mm-hmm. After, school, after work, let's go. So I decided to go uh, with you. Um, we decided to go. And before, I was super frustrated. I didn't sleep all night. Yeah. Um, and I still haven't really gotten good sleep, so I might sound irritated or annoyed or upset. But um, Very valid. So before, <laughs> I was feeling all that and, and sad. And just like, how is this country that I call home, how is it doing t- this to us time and time again? And this is just the way we live and the way it is. And people want to return to a new normal where people, well, where people don't protest the fact that that's the way that things go. And that's like literally racism. Mm-hmm. So it was terrible. And then after, after we did what we'll talk about what we did, I felt a lot better. I felt like I got some cathartic release. 
I felt I was able to sleep, you know, not mm-hmm. immediately after, but, you know, I posted some things online that made me feel better. And I, I had my, my I felt like I've had my voice heard, at least by a small gathering of individuals who come from all races, religions, um, sexual orientations, everything. Um, we we're just people, you know, just, you know, a family of um, humans, you know, of the one species. Yeah. So let's backtrack, though. So when what did you expect? What what fears were coming through your mind going? Because we were back and forth about going mm-hmm, because of the pandemic. Yes, there's a fucking pandemic out. So I mean, it's already a quarantine. Yeah. So I'm and I'm sorry if I'm cursing a lot. I'll explain about cursing later on. But um, <laughs> I uh, I'm upset. Yeah, and I think before we went, like personally, I felt nervous and anxious because. Um, if you live in America, you know that on social media, there's videos all over about the protests and how police are handling it, surprise, surprise, with just, you know, kind of instigating violence, uh, using rubber bullets, tear gas. Um, in Los Angeles, there was actually an incident where they cornered a lot of protesters that were trying to leave peacefully and separated them by gender, took all their stuff, zip tied their hands, um and literally drove around and like they were trying to figure out where they were going um and then so this is like really bad in the sense that um the police are using chemical warfare which is a war crime on civilians and citizens in the u.s yeah and they're setting curfews and then doing it and saying oh you can't be out after curfew now, one thing that they did recently was they changed the time of the curfew to one hour earlier, 25 minutes before it happened. So it's going to happen at 6, and they're like, oh, no, it's going to happen at 5, and it's 4 of 40 right now, so you better get somewhere. It's just they were just abusing their power again, and a lot of things happen. Like, you can see a lot of Instagram stories, like people actually telling their stories that they were arrested and not told anything. They were zip-tied, and... People got lacerations when they were the police were trying to take out the zip tie, and it was just it was just so much. And of course, like they can't do anything. Who are they gonna call? The police? They're not gonna do anything because that's their squad. That's their you know yeah I mean, organization. Who do you call when on the police? Like, what do you do? You know, if the police are wrong and treating you wrong and poorly and illegally, who do you call? Yeah. And you don't so, yeah. Call anybody. Yeah. And so I was really nervous that that was going to happen. So that's why I was hesitant. But I still, I kept thinking to myself, this is something in history that I want to be a part of. And this is something that needs to be changed. And I did not want to miss out on it. And I was like always thinking about like Martin Luther King and how many sh- marches he did mm-hmm. and, and the change that came out of that. And I just, you know, even though we're just two people. in numbers we could do a lot of change and so i was really nervous i expected i of course catastrophize and expect the worst um we (laughs) were like researching like what to bring if we get tear gas or whatever and which is actually you should you know just in case but it definitely like did not meet my expectations in that sense and it was so much more it was very empowering and it one should always um, especially during this quarantine, look up what you should do and what you should wear when you're going to a protest. Yeah. Especially, you know, right now, wear your face mask. And that also covers your identity. Tie your hair up. Wear something that's, you know... I mean, you, you we'll, we'll send a link or something so you can find out how to be safe and yeah. how to be right. Yeah. Um, so during the protest... Oh, so basically, we went to the North Hollywood one because we're from North Hollywood here in California. That's It's about, like, 20 minutes away from Los Angeles. And... Um, we really felt like it was so diverse. Yes. Um, and I felt like it was such a great, it made me proud of the city I live in, you know? Um, what did you think while we were, well, so when we got there, sorry, we're like all over the place. When we got there, people were standing around the corners. We were just chanting a lot of stuff, holding our signs. And then like about like 10 to 20 minutes after we began to march, um, down Magnolia Boulevard and, um, we were chanting and yeah. we were doing all the column response things. I call them interverbals. Y'all call them <laughs> column response. Yeah. Um, and that was cool. And I felt like I felt like people 
like they they knew that there was an injustice and a problem with the way our society mm-hmm. is run mm-hmm. and they wanted to fix it. they wanted to do something about it yeah maybe maybe nobody maybe they don't know what to do but they know that what's going on right now is wrong mm-hmm. and that's what people are protesting for and that's who are who's protesting people mm-hmm. that realize hey there's injustice going on in the world and an injustice anywhere is an injustice everywhere. So that was um, a quote by Martin Luther King Jr. An injustice anywhere. It's an injustice everywhere. Exactly. I missed my cue on the first one. It's okay. <laughs> You're going to learn today. <laughs> um, so, yeah, when for me personally, when we were walking through the streets and then um, there was apartment buildings and people were actually on the balconies cheering us on. And it was like... There's this one little street that goes that has apartment buildings on both sides and people were out in the balcony, you know, cheering us on. And it was like so it was like such a great experience because you felt the love, you felt the care. Exactly. That should be needed in the world. <laughs> and, and this was in an area of North Hollywood that was a little bit more upscale, if you will. So they were hanging like Black Lives Matter posters. When we were walking by, this one dude was playing All Right by Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> we gonna be all right. And we all started gigging, you know what I mean? People yeah. had signs, and we made signs, and the signs were just amazing and showed support and love. And that's one way that you can just see somebody and see a message that they're trying to send you. And it's like, oh, okay, what does that message mean? How do I feel about it? How does it make me feel? As we were going, people were honking. Yeah, people were honking. and In support. In support, of course. Um, and it was just, like, a great experience. Like, it was so empowering to be there. And then after we circled back, um, of course, there was police around, but they didn't really bother us. They were just checking to make sure everything was okay. Um, we went back, and we pro- we stood there and protested a little bit. And then after a few minutes, we made a circle. Um, and then the person, I think, that organized the whole thing talked a little bit. And then what happened was um, this guy came to the rescue and brought a mic <laughs> yeah. and a speaker so we could talk. But then there was an incident because, you know, it can't be always all so peaceful where this man was trying to, you know, kind of be a troll and kind of interrupt what was happening. So, But Jared has a better experience and he actually personally dealt with the guy. So I'm going to have you tell that story. Okay, so it's important to describe what this man looked like. He was a black man who was older. He had um, a little weight to him. He looked like he, he kept on scripting. You know, he was saying that he was uh, out of the just out of the VA hospital. Mm-hmm. He got a free MRI. He clearly had like these stitches or he not any stitches anymore, but a scar from stitches that went up his um, nose. Mm-hmm. Not like the nose, but like the part where it goes to the bridge of your nose. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was playing loud music that um, p- to make sure that the people that were talking couldn't be heard. Like he had his own stereo system that was louder than the one with the mic. And he put it right next to the one with the mic. So people started crowding around him, around the, um, the speaker, so that they would absorb the sound. You know, thinking about how sound travels, you know, they were trying to block it with their bodies. Mm-hmm. And he was not a fan of that, so he was... He, arguing with people and um but you know no one touched him and no one touched his stuff but they just sat around it to kind of quiet quiet him down so i was like i was like you know what i'm gonna go over there with these people and you know right after you went out over there there is a uh, two older other black guys that followed you right away oh yeah yeah i, I was like that. yeah <laughs> oh, because before it was only um non-black people that were doing it yeah and then you stepped in and then other black people decided to step in too yeah no i i, I didn't know that that's great because yeah. uh, i was like i'm tired of this so we, we walked over there and then i walked over there to him and then people were trying to, I, I could see before, people were trying to tell him, tell him to stop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But he was like, no, I'm not going to stop. So I walked over to him and he was like barking in my face, trying to intimidate me. Barking? Well, he, well, he was like, <laughs> like, he was like, you know, you're trying to go, all this stuff. And I, and I just looked at him and I pointed at him in his face. And then I made a, a my, you know, my two fingers and I put like, you're small. <laughs> right? And he was, because he was shorter than me and. I'm like, what are you going to do? You ain't going to beat me up yeah. and with all these people around. Um, and also, obviously, with his behaviors and his scripting, there's some mental health going on. Yeah. Whether that was, like, 
PTSD or something happened wherever he was or from the VA hospital. But that's besides the point. He was trying yeah. to really just interrupt. Yeah. So he um, he actually, I don't know if I told you this, he had a troll doll that was of Donald Trump that was on top of the um, speaker. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I'm sitting there, you know what I mean? And I'm we're blocking it out. So then he gets upset because we're actually doing a pretty good job of blocking it out. So he tries yeah. to pick it up he and he bad. moves <laughs> closer to the people that are speaking. And we all, you know, get over there and we're all like getting in, in his face. And I think it was those two black guys that followed me. One of them, who was a little bit more militant, my brother, decided to, uh, he's like, get up really in his face. And it looked like there was going to be an altercation, but we all yeah. wanted it to be peaceful. Yeah. And the, the Mr. Militant man was like, nah, what he's doing ain't right. It's not fair. Like, you could see, like, the hurt and the pain in his eyes, yeah. especially. It's like, you black, like, why are you doing this? Like, yeah. this is for us. Yeah. Like, he, it was like frustration and confusion. And I went up to him, I was like, man, you can't do that. You can't hit him. If you hit him, then it's us. That's that's us making it violent. Yeah. And then, you know, it's us being the, being the problem, you yeah. know? And the whole time I was thinking, you know, honestly, when I was watching you guys, one, I was worried about you. But also, I was, like, thinking, how do you resolve this? <laughs> like, I, in my head the whole time, I'm like, okay, you could do this, you could do that. But you're, like, reinforcing his attention. Like, it was just so much. But... I'm glad what happened after actually got him to stop. Yeah, so um, can you scoot down a little bit and then I'll scoot down and we'll move the mic? Thank you. I'm on the corner. Okay, here we go. So after that, um, we found out that uh, so one of the more militant brothers, he... uh, There's a cord that connected his um, speaker to to a power source. So he grabbed the cord and he started walking away, walking away from the speakers and away from the group of us. Yeah. Of everybody, excuse me. So, and this cord was like, like really important to get it to actually work. It won't work without the cord, basically. Yeah. So, so he just wa- grabbed yeah, it. He just grabbed it and he's walking away. You know what I mean? People, the people are organized. They're like, no, don't do it. You know what I mean? They didn't want that, that to happen, but it happened. You know what I mean? So he's walking away, and the other the guy's following him super ang- angrily and trying to <laughs> kick him, yeah. like karate kick him or something. Exactly. But the guy that the troll. I'm going to call him the troll. Yeah. He, um, <laughs> he was a little bit overweight and slower and not exactly athletic. And the guy that took it, took the stuff was uh, pretty well in shape. Yeah. So he just jaunted a little bit yeah. away and the guy couldn't catch him. And then he ended up throwing the cord, the power cord into a tree, a large tree. And it's like, well, this man's not going <laughs> to be able to get that. So yeah. he was very upset about that. But also what was great was the guy that took the cord was not engaging with the other guy violently he just kept walking just kept walking away taking a break away from him um didn't engage didn't say much he just you know which is i think was the best strategy and then of course he found the cord or he got the cord i think think he either um found the cord or he got a new cord because he came back you know with a vengeance you know he was pushing people through the um through the um when he was walking yeah um so he uh, so he found the cord so um my my mr militant brother again i, I don't want to call him militant brother i'm just gonna call him my brother <laughs> yeah. he um he decided okay clearly that's not good enough <laughs> at this point there are cops that are parked far away on the grass in the park just to make sure everything is okay exactly and it was announced before while in between the problem behavior that um the cops are here. We're not going to talk to them or bother them. They're not going to bother us or talk to us. They're going to stay over there. We're going to stay over here. So Mr. Brother decided <laughs> to take the um, speaker itself over to the police. And I was like, God, that's that's either terrible or genius. Yeah, I was like nervous the whole time because I'm like, holy shit. But it was great because um, people who are non-black followed I saw this guy recording the police. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw they're like, just have their back, you know? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it worked because the police, like two or three of them, stood right next to the guy with this with the okay so the speaker is huge it's not like a regular speaker it's yeah, like the amp exactly like, and they the took it they, and they let him take it close but not too close not nearly as close as he was before mm-hmm. and either they didn't or he didn't turn his music back on again he can be there but he can't disrupt our protest yeah so that was just to protest is a struggle yeah and just to have your one of your rights you know what i mean yeah, but everybody stood really calm, like, stood, I mean, 
remained super calm about it. They were trying to ignore this guy. I'm telling you, this guy was annoying. He was like, when people let like just envision a circle of people and someone in the middle talking and sharing their story. This guy would go into the middle of the freaking circle where the person's talking and just mm-hmm. blast music. Exactly. To try to drown out. Good thing that we had like a good speaker and mic. Yeah, and we had good people too. Yeah. So you know, um, that happened. And we were able to hear stories. People yeah. just talked. You know what I mean? They vented. They spoke about what they think about what's going on. They um, told us their stories. And it was really powerful because it's like, it's, it's interesting when you see how many people of all races, colors, and um, sexual orientations feel about this. Yeah. And their struggle and our struggle and the whole movement. Yeah. And non-black people were, you know, just like being allies and speaking mm-hmm. up and then it was really great to see the black people thanking them thanking us for what we're doing like i felt very validated and, and encouraged me and motivated me to do more and jared over here spoke which i was so proud about <laughs> yeah before that um <laughs> they, they they the non black people kept saying we want to hear black voices black voices i'm we're listening to people for a long time and i looked at chris and i'm like Hey, you know, you know, I want to say something, right? <laughs> and she's like, Are you going to go up? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, okay, get closer. You know what I mean? She knows me so well. She was like, this, this dude is going up. Like, yeah. it's, it was probably a foregone conclusion when we started. But she, uh, she, she, uh, I, I, I had her make sure she was going to record it, um, which I really appreciate. And there's a video of it. Um, I it's think, like two minutes, right? Yeah, it's a one minute, 57 seconds. I yeah. feel like I, I, will, I will go longer next time. And it will be more um, put together. Maybe we could also include it somehow get the audio and include it in this podcast i literally can ends. do that yeah. oh cool so yeah. we'll do that so you guys could hear it um hopefully figure it out if not if it's not the end of the podcast and we didn't maybe figure we could it put out. it on our um instagram too <laughs> yeah we could do it on our instagram too um so i wanted to ask you jared how did it feel before you went up like oh, what? I was nervous and motherfucker. <laughs> I know. You didn't want to grab the mic right away. I'm like, babe, grab the mic. <laughs> yeah, no. And I was like, you know, when I'm nervous, I start talking fast. I'm, my whole body is shaking. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I don't be, when I'm public speaking, I don't look at nobody's face. <laughs> I'm, I look above their head. That was like a trick that I learned in my public speaking class in undergrad. But I just looked above their head. And I can't see anybody. I'm just going. And I had some things to say. And I said those things. And um, I was just, people came to me after and talked to me and thanked me for saying what I said and saying that they, that they learned something. So what was the purpose of, of your, your, your speech and everything? Oh, I'm so glad you asked because, oh, I love you. <laughs> um, so live safely in our home, mm-hmm. a system where we are prosecuted more because we look like us mm-hmm. and a system where we are killed injured oppressed oppressed and imprisoned more because we look like us and that's the system that is systemic and going through many different things like education and all these other things and it's just i wanted to tell you guys like or everybody or the world like this is how deep this shit goes like Mm -hmm. this shit goes deep america was found on slavery American America was found on stolen land. Exactly. This is not our land. This is American Native Americans, not American, but Native Americans' land. Yeah. We stole or it. Indigenous <laughs> Americans. I don't know what. The, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know. But <laughs> I thought it was there's this like meme. It was like um, it's funny to hear people complaining about uh, looting when they're living on stolen land. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, benefiting from stolen yeah. land they stole. And, you know, when slaves happened, they literally were counted as three-fifths of a person. Yeah. And it's so ingrained in our society. It's so ingrained in... And it needs to stop. Yeah. And it's, it's like, ah, that's... It's just so frustrating to think about it. So the reason why I said what I said, um, I want to... Um, first of all, I showed people that... We have dollar bills currency, right? We have yeah. a one dollar bill, we have a two dollar bill, yeah. a five dollar bill, mm-hmm. ten, fifty, a hundred, mm-hmm. right? Um, most of those dollar bills are of slave owners, mm-hmm. of slave masters, and we on our dollar bills are slave masters. There are only two kinds of dollar bills that don't have slave masters on them. Mm-hmm. Krista, do you know which ones they are? You told me, and I forgot. The five and the ten. The five. the five and the ten. We got Lincoln 
And we got Mr. Ten. I'll let you guys in the podcast figure that out. That's your homework. <laughs> um, so those are the only ones, and so that means that like even the the, the cheap ones are, are the, the that's our value. You know what I mean? We'll put somebody who didn't own slaves on the lower numbers. That, that's another way to show value. So my thing was to show the world that. And one thing that I read recently in this book really resonated with me about protests. Because this was a protest, right? Yeah. This was a book written by B.F. Skinner in 1972. And he said, a person protests and incidentally feels indignant when he or she is unnecessarily jostled, tripped, or pushed around, forced to work with the wrong tools, tricked into behaving foolishly with joke shock novelties, or forced to behave in demeaning ways as in a jail or concentration camp. And I was like, God damn. Mm -hmm. That's what's happening. This dude wrote about it in 1972. uh, uh, It's called uh, Beyond Freedom and Dignity. That was on page um, 58. Sorry. Also a very important person in your field. Yeah. So I bet you that was way more, like, super impactful for you to read that. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm all about the movement now, and I want to have a name for this movement. We have the Civil Rights Movement. I mean, Civil Rights Movement Part 2 don't, don't have that ring to it. I think it's the Black Lives Matter movement. I, it's, it's equality. I, I agree. But, like, so when, when I say, do Black Lives Matter, you should mm-hmm. say... Black Lives Matter. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I say that any answer other than yes is a no. Anytime that somebody says, oh, well, all lives matter, that's trying to shift the conversation. That's actually a logical fallacy to shift the conversation so that you can be right or to avoid answering the question. Uh, The purpose was to explain that Black Lives Matter and the movement is more than just the terrible policing we're having right now. It's the system whereby, the system in which uh, we cannot uh, live safely in our home, mm-hmm. a system where we are prosecuted more because we look like us, mm-hmm. and a system where we are killed, injured, oppressed. A- oppressed, and imprisoned more because we look like us. And that's the system that is systemic and going through many different things like education and all these other things. And it's just, I wanted to tell you guys, like, or everybody or the world, like, this is how deep this shit goes. Like, mm-hmm. this shit goes deep. America was found on slavery. American America was found on stolen land. Exactly. This is not our land. This is American, Native Americans, not American, but Native Americans' land. Yeah, we stole or it. Indigenous <laughs> Americans. I don't know what the... Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I don't know. But <laughs> I thought it was, there's this like, meme. It was like, um, it's funny to hear people complaining about uh, looting when they're living on stolen land. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, benefiting from stolen yeah. land they stole. And, you know, when slaves happened, they literally were counted as three-fifths of a person. Yeah. And it's so ingrained in our society. It's so ingrained in... And it needs to stop. Yeah. And it's, it's like, ah, that's... It's just so frustrating to think about it. So the reason why I said what I said, um, I want to... Um, first of all, I showed people that... We have dollar bills currency, right? We have yeah. a one dollar bill, we have a two dollar bill, yeah. a five dollar bill, mm-hmm. ten, fifty, a hundred, mm-hmm. right? Um, most of those dollar bills are of slave owners, mm-hmm. of slave masters, and we on our dollar bills are slave masters. There are only two kinds of dollar bills that don't have slave masters on them. Mm-hmm. Krista, do you know which ones they are? You told me and I forgot. The five and the ten. The five five and the ten. We got Lincoln and we got Mr. Ten. I'll let you guys in the podcast figure that out. That's your homework. (laughs) Um, So those are the only ones. And so that means that, like, even the the, the cheap ones are are the, the, that's our value. You know what I mean? We'll put somebody who didn't own slaves on the lower numbers. That's another way to show value. So my thing was to show the world that. And one thing that I read recently and this book really resonated with me about protests. Because this was a protest, right? Yeah. This was a book written by B.F. Skinner in 1972. 
And he said, a person protests and incidentally feels indignant when he or she is unnecessarily jostled, tripped, or pushed around, forced to work with the wrong tools, tricked into behaving foolishly with joke shock novelties, or forced to behave in demeaning ways as in a jail or concentration camp. And I was like, God damn, mm-hmm. that's what's happening. This dude wrote about it in 1972. Uh, with, uh, it's called uh, Beyond Freedom and Dignity. That was on page um, 58. Sorry. Also a very important person in your field. Yeah. So I bet you that was way more like super impactful. For oh, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm all about the movement now. And I want to have a name for this movement. We have the Civil Rights Movement. I mean, Civil Rights Movement Part 2 don't, don't have that ring to it. I think it's the Black Lives Matter movement. I, it's it's equality. I, I agree. But, like, so when when I say, do Black Lives Matter, you should mm-hmm. say... Black Lives Matter. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I say that any answer other than yes is a no. Anytime that somebody says, oh, well, all lives matter, that's trying to shift the conversation that's actually a logical fallacy to shift the conversation so that you can be right or to avoid answering the um, question i just got kind of made fun of but i grew up around black people my whole life you know i feel Mm -hmm. like you know i've adapted a lot of their culture and everything and so the the issue i'm having is trying to kind of like challenge and talk and discuss older filipino generations to really understand that this is an issue because a lot of them are very much like all lives matter and all these things and it's just like so frustrating because it's like this is why this is perpetuating in our society like mm-hmm. we need to we need to stop and change mm-hmm. um exactly yeah. stop and change i love how you use that because that's like something in my field like when you see something isn't working you stop and you change yeah and that's what we need to do we need to stop and change and it's going to be hard for some and you are going to lose some people that you call family or friends yeah. or whatever because they don't think right but i think it's important to know that we're all family yeah. i'm your family you're my family like um we're all friends we all live on this earth we're one species you know what i mean yeah. we got one ride on this rock going thousands of miles around the sun and speak up even though you're not going to change their mind even though they're just stubborn and won't listen still speak up because um your voice makes other people talk yeah and and it makes people really think about it if someone's never challenged for their thoughts do you think they'll ever you know do better (laughs) (laughs) or think differently and so um it, it might be tempting to just like unfriend them or block them or like mute them but say something challenge them yeah that's the only way we could get change i think it's important to have intellectual and civil discourse meaning that you just talk about the situation you need to watch out for logical fallacies don't attack the other person or who they are you just talk about the problem and whether or not it's okay and what what, what should be done to change it you know people talk about it as if it's like not existing or as if we're not talking about something important but like Colin Kaepernick was blackballed and he had they won't hire him in the NFL anymore he's a quarterback or was a quarterback because he knelt during the national anthem yeah and And now all of a sudden it's like oh wow yeah that's how you guys should have done it yeah I mean they're they're telling us how we should protest yeah and at some point we're gonna be like no this is, this is changing. You know what I mean? We had revolutions, the American Revolution, the um, Civil War. You know what I mean? It seems like at what point, what do we got to do to instill change? Last time we needed to have a movement. What do we got to do this time? Also, I, I wanted to kind of note on your point, you know, these protests are being fueled by anger. And just to give a little bit of psychoeducation about anger, anger is a secondary emotion. We don't feel it right away. Um, anger signals to us that there's some other emotions at play that's underneath it. Um, I don't know if people have seen the anger volcano or the anger iceberg. Um, it just shows that, you know, if you keep holding it in, eventually you're just going to erupt and anger is going to follow. And behaviors like are mm-hmm. irrational and just like what come out because people are anger angry and you know anger is not bad or good it's not positive or negative it just signals to us that there's some other emotions at play and those emotions are helplessness injustice 
freaking hurt. So much hurt. So much pain. Literally, we're being slaughtered in the street and it's being filmed on camera. And this is America. Yeah. And I just also want to touch on the fact that we come from a point of we know that all cops are not bad. No. We know that. Um, and That's why we, I say it's not the problem. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is a problem. It but, is a problem, but it's a symptom of the bigger disease yes, that America yeah. has. Um, and we know that there's good cops. We've seen videos and stuff. And I hate that people on Facebook are, are trying to kind of use that, like trying to put like stories about cops and stuff, like just other stories, just to make their point that all lives matter or whatever. And, and that's not the point. <laughs> mm-hmm. The point is that the bad cops... Or there shouldn't be bad cops. No. You should not be policing through fear. You should not be policing through that type of authoritative, like, uh, power. Totalitarian and fascist point of view. This is a democracy. We, the people, are free. I wrote a lot of stuff that um, I might want to share. Is that okay with yeah, you? Yeah, go for yeah. it. Yeah, I've been writing nonstop. So this one I wrote, this is like if I was speaking to people, you know? I was going to say, like, you know, I feel like everybody's brother and sister. You know what I mean? We're brothers and sisters from the same family, the family of Earth, Earthlings, human beings. And I wanted to say, uh, brothers and sisters, our culture and government is currently designed in a way in, the, in these United States of America that leaves the classically disenfranchised marginalized. We currently have a system whereby brothers and sisters, our family, our friends, our people, your people, my people are robbed. Yes, my family. For you who have the same home as me on this planet are my family. Those in power refuse to change. They say the status quo is good to go. They say you were shot and killed by those who protest and who protect and serve. And so what? Who cares that a person, your family, had their life taken? Excuse me. The revolution will not be censored. Your family member was murdered. Then... I want to describe things that we need to do and things that need to change and the change we want to see. You know, for the government, it's best that your history is a mystery. They don't want to let you know that the money that you use has portraits of slave masters. Four out of six of your dollar bills on the value of slave masters have value that are slave masters. For example, the man on the $1 bill owns slaves. Only two of your dollar bills have people who didn't own slaves. And the value of those dollars compared to others, well, let's just say their value is 100 times more than that of President George Washington's. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah, I mean, I have this whole thing where I riffed off of, like, the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be digitalized. The revolution will not be censored for your pleasure because the pleasure of those who revolt have been usurped. Taken, yes, stolen and plundered by those in power. The revolution will screech echoes of the civil rights movement. I call for a new movement. Yeah, it's going to be all like that. Wow. I feel it's very Malcolm X. (laughs) That's Gil Scott Heron. Um, Revolutions can be peaceful. I mean, but I mean, people think that you're being Malcolm. Wow, that's an interesting thing. You think it's Malcolm Xy. I mean. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we could be peaceful and still be angry. Yeah. You know, we could say what we feel and still not be um, treated the way we are. You know what I mean? It's terrible. People are dying yeah. and being killed every day. The video of the old man. Oh, my God. That killed me. There's a video of an old man. He's 75. He's actually an activist. And he stood against the cops. I forgot what city it's from. They pushed him down and he hit his head and he started bleeding. The two cops though were immediately on unpaid leave, which is like really unpaid leave. Why can't you do more than that? What what was the Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> the dog's going to squeak the toy. It's my fault. Um is uh what was the um uh what was the race or gender of the of the person that was uh pushed the 75? Oh, so as soon as we see a 75-year-old white man get pushed over, the cops are on unpaid leave? I know. Wow, that's, that's crazy. I wonder what the difference is between that and Brianna. <laughs> oh, I got to really think about that one. I know, right? Um, <laughs> the way that you said that. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's just there's so much. And, you know, I, I really encourage everyone to also take a break from the news because it's really traumatizing to keep 
exposing it like 24-7. Not saying that not to be a form, but definitely take a little break um, during, you know, your day. Like for me, I play Animal Crossing whenever I just don't want to think about anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, Jared, I want to ask you, how um, did you feel after and what stood out the most to you from um, going to a protest or for our first protest? Um, what stood out for me? Yeah. Um, what stood out for me was how I felt in the moment, mm-hmm. how I felt after, how I felt before. I mean, there was a total release of catharticism from this peaceful protest. You know what I mean? I didn't need anger or whatever. Like, I, this anger that I've been holding on to, I didn't sleep the whole night before. You know what I mean? When you see, when I talk, I'm very, my, my mind is jumbled around. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not you know, jumping from idea to idea so coherently and clearly. I didn't, like I said, I didn't sleep the whole night last night, and I'm still messed up because I slept, like, six hours last night, maybe. And that's my privilege because I've been able to sleep, and it worries me, you know, dating someone who's black, like, how impactful this is. Like, I think it's very eye-opening for me to be with you during this time because it's just, like, it makes me so sad, like, can I and tell you helpless. Something? Can I tell you something that I don't think I've told you yet? What? You say to take a break from the news, but I can't really take a break from being black. Yeah. So the, the news is that, is this. And, like, I can, I can go on social media, but, I mean, the movement is on social media, and it should be. We shouldn't stop the movement until they stop what they're doing. Yeah, and when I say break, I don't mean, like, a long break. I just mean, like, a little bit of time of being more present. Um, a distraction is nice and it will help and it will leave a lot of your anger. Yeah. Talk to a friend. Yeah. I talked to my boy, uh, Mike, and he said he was really angry about what was going on. Mm-hmm. And after talking to him, he's like, you know what? You made my day a little bit better. Yeah. And I think that's a good point because when I was at the protest, I felt like it was nice to be with like-minded people who really believed in this movement and i kind of got a lot of adrenaline from it and yeah. empowerment like for when we started walking i was like let's oh, go and then jared's like stand back because he you know he's a little bit conscious of like how it's gonna go if there's gonna be any cops trying to in- instigate anything and i was like let's go <laughs> and, and let me let me let you know you can go ahead at any time but this the the pace that i want to make is the pace that i want to w- make and i want to make that pace for a lot of reasons but one because i'm protesting and i'm a black man yeah. and i'm protesting about black people and, and i didn't I'm large. Re- i didn't even like realize that too until after um of course again that's my own privilege like i could just protest and like you know um have no fear about you know getting arrested or anything like that um, yeah, I mean, not saying lot- it can't happen but it's, I have less fear. Yeah. I have less anxiety about getting arrested than you do, and I'm sure exactly. that's I mean, what held you back a lot, too. A lot of people were, like, uh, crossing the street when they shouldn't, you know? And um, I was just like, I don't want to do that right now because I'm afraid that they're going to say that I was crossing the street when I shouldn't, and I'm going to be taken to jail, and then that's going to be, like, me. Like I didn't even tell my parents that I was going to the protest. I don't feel comfortable worrying them like that yeah i'll tell them after and if not i'll write um them and you babe on my arm (laughs) as people to contact in case something happens to my body yeah um i'm really glad we went regardless of the pandemic uh, because you know we're we're young we're 27 we're healthy um the risk is less higher for us but Mm -hmm. i totally understand if you can't go out there and protest because you might have a loved one like if Jared's parents, we visited, if they lived down here and we visit them, we wouldn't go because we don't want to get your parents sick or anything. Exactly. Um, but if you can, I really, really, really encourage people to go out to the protest, find one near you. Um, I really encourage people that are Asian, Filipino, you know, every race, of course, but more I w- for my race, I want to encourage people to go because I was the, one of the only Asian people there and I felt a little bit like, Ah, we need more people. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to force anyone to go, but I think I know where it comes from because I'm from that culture. And I know that, you know, we were raised through fear and to not voice or talk back against authority and fear of being shamed or anything. But I really encourage people to start speaking up because yeah. this is the time. This is a huge thing in history and we need to keep it going. Yeah, and I agree. And, and, and those things in your cultures need to change too, I think. Yeah, they should 100%. change for you so that you can feel more free, you know? Um, 
I uh, I think this is a topic that we'll be talking about a lot. Yeah. And um, uh, letting a lot of feelings out. I feel like we've gone kind of up and down this podcast, and we hit our stride at some point, and the beginning was kind of rough. But I think that um, that's that's the way, that's kind of the way it is. You know, it's representative of, like, it's going to be rough in the beginning, and there's going to be highs and lows, but we need to make it through it to the other side where we stop and change the behavior that's happening in this um, country. Definitely. I mean, America is my home. Yeah. And I don't get to go somewhere else. Yeah. You can try to say, go back to Africa. I'm like, okay, where? I don't know where I'm supposed to be from in Africa. Oh, doing DNA tests. Okay, so I'm supposed to pay white people to tell me <laughs> where I came from oh when they gosh. stole me from where I came. Okay, that's... No, thank you. <laughs> Kindly, no, thank you. And, you know, people have been uh, very more, a lot more rude for a lot less. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's really a hard time right now. And it, you might feel super drained and helpless. And just understand that just a projection of what every black person encounters every day in their life. And I hope that gives you guys perspective on that. And, that way you could channel it into something more empowering instead of something that's you feel defeated about because we can do this we exactly. can make a change there's changes going on right now but we just have to keep it going and let's talk about those changes things that you can do right now to make changes you can support black businesses wait wait, wait. vote vote yeah vote, vote. register to my vote. birthday is november 3rd so if this happens i'm gonna be so happy <laughs> best birthday present <laughs> so vote um make sure that you um it, uh, make sure you uh, support black businesses share podcasts like this or this podcast i don't know you don't have to share this one i would appreciate it though <laughs> and then get them views up you know um like post share post sign petitions sign petitions call um police offices or whatever offices you have to call or text send to try emails to sign shit you know whatever um and if you can't yeah and also to look into your resources and who who you're donating to um, there's a lot of people who are trying to be opportunists and create like funds for George Floyd or something, but it's not real. So really check your sources on that. Mm -hmm. If you can't uh, really give a ton of money or your, t your time to go protest, a lot of people are supporting those who are protesting. Mm -hmm. Like yesterday, we had pe a lot of people offer us snacks and water. Oh yeah. I'm not bringing um, water next time. Yeah. And it was like great to see all the support, you know, um, so do what you exactly. can, but do something. Exactly. And one thing, you're going to hear cursing. Mom, dad, I'm sorry, but fuck. Mm. <laughs> um, and the reason why you're going to hear cursing from um, a point of view of a Mr. Uh, Dr. Skinner again in his book, Verbal Behavior, when you curse it is, or, or you speak loudly, it's because your demands have not been heard or met. Yeah. You have, no one's followed through. So you're at such a point where if I if I say, hey, babe, can you help me out? And then you can't hear me, you do nothing, I might speak up a little bit louder. Yeah. If, I, if you have headphones on and I'm far away, I might yell it to you. If I want a lot, a lot of people to hear me, um, then I'm going to have to be loud. Yeah. And if I get emotional, then I'm going to be even more loud. I'm going to start using different words. Yeah. And those words are going to be tied to emotions and anger and frustration and sadness and despair and those are the words we use when we're protesting these are words of people that are sick and tired of being sick and tired yeah i also wanted to touch do we have time yeah we do we're gonna keep going um i also want to touch on trauma a little bit um being that i'm in mental health and a therapist well who has you're, you're somebody pre-licensed therapist. Pre -licensed therapist <laughs> but you're somebody that just got their ma okay well yeah i got my master's yay um uh, <laughs> in what? In clinical psychology with the emphasis okay. in marriage and family therapist uh, therapy. Um, so I just wanted to, I keep saying the, the, the phrase, like I wrote on my poster, we should talk about what we were, well, you already kind of talked about it, but um, I woke, I woke, ah, <laughs> you are woke. wrote um, on my poster, black trauma matters. And the reason why I, I say that is because not saying that black trauma is more in, you know, is like more negative or whatever but their trauma is so different through racism than anyone could ever experience their trauma comes when you're born thinking that you're less than already because of the skin your color of your skin 
And, and society teaches you that. And, and you are constantly told through these very innocent killings, these just horrible things that you are less than. No, you deserve to die. That you are not enough to be significant into the society. And so I just wanted to touch on that because a lot of black children right now are so, you know, it's hard not to. It's hard not to look at the news and hear their parents saying anything. It's definitely something that you should be age appropriate, but how can you be age appropriate about something that they could just die on the road or street, exactly. you know? Exactly. You know, I saw somebody... Sorry, not to mean to cut no, you off. No, you're good. Um, somebody said, like, oh, yeah, I don't even turn on the news anymore for my kids. I just turn it to the Disney Channel. We don't play that. And said, so, oh, we don't we don't have that privilege. Yeah. We can't just not not hear about what's happening. And And black children are taught from a very young age what to do when faced with a cop so they don't get killed. Oh, yeah. And it's just like... It's 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 so disheartening because the message that you're sending to them can be internalized so that the whole I'm not enough, the whole that I'm not important enough to live is internalized and affects their self-esteem, affects the trajectory of their lives. And they ultimately, as an adult, have to fight against that as an adult when they didn't. It's not nothing that they called upon it's just society that is imposing this on them and that's going to affect how they are as adults and you know it's it's really so sad to see like i come from a huge developmental background and i work with a lot of children and kids and teenagers and it's just so sad i just it breaks my heart and so black trauma matters exactly it's different and i I would like to talk about uh, some of the signs we saw and some of the words that are being said Mm -hmm. one of the signs on the back of my sign i wrote i am no longer accepting the things i cannot change i am changing the things that i cannot accept and that's a quote by um uh somebody davis um Angela Davis, Angela Y. Davis. Yeah, Angela Davis. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. What, what were some that you saw that you really liked? Um, I saw that one, the put avocados on racism and maybe white people will notice. I died. It was so <laughs> funny. Um, <laughs> it was just so funny. <laughs> How about you? What else? Did you see any other ones um, that you liked? I've been really into, um, <laughs> if I would say, How Am I Loving Mine, to get to that segment. <laughs> I've been really into um, uh, Run the Jewels 4 by the artist Run the Jewels. Uh-huh. And there are a lot of things that are being that they say um, that I have really resonated with. And I've put up a lot of posts that talk about what they're saying. One of the things he said is, never forget in the story of Jesus, the hero was killed by the state. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, a, that's powerful. That's powerful, you know. Um, they were talking about, um, literally in one of the t- times, in one of the songs, he says like, you just watch as police officers step on my neck and say, I can't breathe. Yeah. And at that time, I think he was talking about somebody else. That was like before he, um, uh, before, uh, um, before all of this happened, like someone said that he wrote that stuff in, uh, 2019. Oh, wow. So I was like, dang, like that's, that's super powerful. If that's coming out way back then. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, and there's there's a lot that I, I thought, and I would just recommend listening to Run the Jewels. There are things that I would say that I really can't play, and there are <laughs> curse words, and I'm just like, uh, you know, I don't want to get into it. I want you to experience it yourselves. Yeah, I also wanted to kind of, t- this podcast is everywhere, but a thought <laughs> popped into my head, and I also want to talk about self-fulfilling prophecy in regards to, it's like a psychological um, concept that, is in the psycho psychology, psychology world where um if black people are constantly being told they are not good enough they are thugs they steal they do all these things society's putting black people in a box mm-hmm. limiting them making them think that that's all they're good enough to be and eventually Imagine getting that message that you're a thug, you're a thug, you're not good enough for anything, you cannot succeed in education, you can't do this and that. Imagine being told that every day of your life. Eventually, you're going to engage in the self-fulfilling prophecy and fulfill that prophecy because 
what how would you be feel motivated to be different when the, everyone's telling you you're a thug you're someone that steals you're doing this you're doing that and so be mindful of the words you use the thoughts you're thinking about it and how you treat other people because you're doing so much damage to someone's mental health and it's just mm-hmm. it's just discouraging i agree and um for me i mean i think that it's it's so deep i don't even I don't even know what to say about the self-fulfilling prophecy thing because, I mean, it's just so, so, so real. Um, <laughs> I'm going to just read a, a snippet from mm-hmm. Killer Mike, who's been all over the media. Um, he, uh, he said this in his song, um, in Runja Jewel's song, Walking in the Snow. He said, the way I see it, you're probably the freest from the ages one to four. Around the age of five, you shipped away from from your body to be for your body to be stored they promise education but they really give you tests and scores and they predict in prison population by sc- who's scoring the lowest and the lowest scores are the poorest and they usually look like me and every day on the evening news they feed you fear for free and you so numb you watch as the cops choke out a man like me and till my voice goes from a streak to a whisper i can't breathe and you sit there in your house and your couch and watch it on TV, and the most you give is a Twitter rant and call it a tragedy. But truly the travesty is you've been robbed of your empathy, replaced by apathy. I wish I could magically, I'll let you uh, <laughs> listen to the rest, but it's that, just so it's, powerful. It's true though, the freeze you feel is when you're super young, and it starts when you're young. So if you have kids, definitely start teaching them be safe. Be safe. to be safe and also more about the little your little protesters to to really stand up for you know equality and everything like that. And if I'm gonna ask um, white people one thing is I would say educate your kids on how to treat everybody equally. Yeah. I mean that's something that needs to be learned from the household because it's not really being talked about or taught in a yeah. lot of them because they just you know white privilege means you know expect to be treated fairly. Trust me, and I know I have kid clients that I was trying to challenge during my sessions that. Mm-hmm had really these thoughts that I know didn't come from them themselves because they're so young and it came from their parents. And I was like, parents need to do better. And you know what? That makes me realize my dad always says, um, as all I was growing up, I was like, this isn't fair, this isn't fair. And he says, um, fair is a place where... Um, a fair, what is it? I don't know. A, a fair <laughs> is a place where you judge pigs. Um, <laughs> you, you, like Life will not be fair to you, so don't expect anything to be fair. And I've been instilled from the beginning. So he's been teaching me from the beginning, like, this shit ain't fair. And it's not going to be fair. Don't expect it to be fair. Yeah. Just try to live and do all you can to stay alive. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Anything else? You who are listening, I love you. People who are listening, I love you. Black Lives Matter. I, I love you, those who are protecting and serving correctly. Um, there's needs to be reform and change, and I hope to see it. Um, also, I encourage everyone, if you have, you know, friends or family that are, you know, black, to hear their stories. One of the things that I learned a lot yesterday was that not everyone who's black has the same story. Exactly. And so reach out to people, get informed, educated. And, and listen. Yeah. yeah. The Actually most important listen. thing to do is listen to to people that are oppressed. Listen to the oppressed and how they're oppressed and then try to make your change in behavior and let their stories be heard through you. Mm-hmm. Realize you'll never feel the same things. You'll never experience the same things. But hey, if I come on walking the, walking the street, um, somebody walks to the other side and it's like, shit, it's nighttime. I'm scared too. Yeah. I've never hurt nobody. Yeah. And you're just going to be scared of me off of nothing it's like i want to know how many times have you been robbed yeah how many times has anybody actually really like hurt you yeah probably never but you're still scared the data shows that you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> all righty is there anything else we've gone pretty long <laughs> as yeah. i look at the monitor but it's something that's important and if you stuck with us throughout the whole episode, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, Please like, share, subscribe, comment. Yeah. We, again, we have an email. Always love yours. Podcast at gmail.com. Yours with a Z. And we have uh, Instagram. Always love yours. Podcast. Um, yours with a Z on Instagram. And I am Krista. And I'm Jared. And remember to always, always love, love yours. yours.